Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Triple Jump podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Ben. And my name is Peter. Hello, Peter. How are you? Hello, Ben. I'm very well. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's it's finally released that game that everyone gets mad about because it's not been released. It's happened, and maybe it, sh- maybe it should have waited a bit longer by the sounds of it. There's some maybe. things happening with it. but Yeah, some really, really interesting things happening with it. Mm, yeah. Um... Oh, well. We'll we'll see how it goes. Maybe I mean, me and you have might both well end up sitting on it and waiting a little while before we play Cyberpunk, right? I think that's, mm-hmm. that's where we're going with that. But I don't know. Yeah. We'll we'll see how we get. I mean, I've just there's so much else to play, isn't there? All these new there games is. come out. There is. I'm really glad it didn't release at the same time as the new consoles. You know, that would have that would have really just sealed its fate. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. But there's a chance. There's a chance we pick it up soon. I don't know. We'll we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I've not quite decided, but yeah, I think I'm. I may wait. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Absolutely. Did you know that each and every uh, week we are sponsored by a brand new and fantastical, very real company that exists in the world? No. Yeah, well, we are. Oh, all right. Genuinely. Then. So we've got yeah. one this week, have we? Yes, we do. What I've is got it? the ad read here. It's it's quite short. It's a short one. Okay. It just says. Bugwaps. Bugwaps? Yes. How are you spelling that? B-U-G. Mm. Bug. Mm. Waps. W-A-P-S. What's a wap? I don't know. Oh, it's just bugwaps. It, just says, it just says underneath, all it says here in the ad copy is sexy bugs. Oh. And that's all it says. That's it. No, no sort of full kind of read, no copy for you to read out about. No. Head to bugwaps.com forward slash team triple jump for 20% off your buggiest waps. Yeah, well, no, nothing like that. Oh, okay. Nothing, absolutely nothing. I don't know, maybe it's just sort of they, they expect people to read between the lines. Maybe it's like that Doritos advert. Right. Where they where they feel like they don't even need to say the name Doritos because it's like, you know, you know what we're talking about. I think this everyone... Everyone's just going to have to Google WAP and find out what it is because I've got no... I mean, I wouldn't know. Mm. Um, uh, especially like if you're listening on like a school computer or yes. uh, a work... You know, if you're if you're working in your office, just give WAP a Google and let just us know it what Google. it is because I've got no idea. I don't know. It just, 
if the ad read doesn't tell us, then we're we're going in blind here, aren't we? Like, what are we meant to do? Yeah, um, I don't know. It's a shame. Anyway, so that that is the sponsor for this week, Bugwaps. Um, except it's not because it's a load of baloney. It's a lie. Yeah, that's true. It's not real. No. Sorry. Don't Google or is Waps. it? Well, no, no. Maybe do. Maybe do Google it. I don't know. Depending on how old you are, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, I'd still like to know what it is. Right. Because again, you know, it doesn't say in the no. ad read. So how? No. So how you know, supposed to know? That's how we learn most of our new information. No, of course, the real sponsors are the wonderful patrons over at patreon.com forward slash team triple jump, where for as little as $1 per month, you can ask questions on this podcast. Peter, where are we walking today, do you uh, think? We are walking across a a bug. Mm-hmm. A bug. A bug. Not can the... it be a nice bug, not like an upsetting bug? Yeah, no, like a cutesy, very sweet, you know, darling bug. Ladybird? The darling bugs of May. Uh, Yeah, ladybird. Nice ladybird. Mm. There it is. Or a ladybug, as they call it in Americorn, and probably everywhere else they speak English. That's true. It could be. I have no idea. Anyway, that's where we're walking today. But did you know that if you go to Patreon.com, you ask questions on this podcast, just like... Just like... uh, I think this is Keithy, darling. It's... The name Keith with an I and an E on the end, so hmm. I'm, I'm assuming Keithy, uh, but who's to say? Keithy Darling. I, I assume so too. Says, hello, I must say, I stumbled on your channel during the long, endless month of March that uh, that we've had going on for the last nine months. Yeah, it's been a long old March, hasn't it? Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've really enjoyed your easy charm. It hasn't been the most social of years, and I'm not ashamed to, to admit that I've staved off the lonelies by listening to your podcast and Worst Games Ever. That said... Any media or video games that you like to dip into just to hang out in? Not so much to complete or play, but just because it's an inviting place to exist in. Also, can I get Babs Piss's number? I think she is a real dish. Wow. My God. No, you can't. She's a real dish. She's... <laughs> oh, shit, man. She's she's married, and uh, she doesn't play like that, so, you know, no. Mm. Oh, it's okay. the answer. I'm, I'm afraid. Great question, though, and thank you for listening. Yeah, thank but you no, very you can't, much. You can't have that. Peter, is there a game that you go to just to exist in it? Um, I mean, in a in a way, I kind of feel this way about um the the first Spyro game. Like, you know, it's a game I play over and over. But if, if I really, really like delve deep into it, I don't know if I go back for the gameplay. It probably has the worst gameplay of the three, or it, it, the the worst kind of uh the least the least deep and rich gameplay anyway you don't do any mm. sort of jumping in vehicles and things like that in that game um and you know i've i've played it a million times so i, I get i don't get that much out of charging and flaming and collecting treasure but it is just you know i know there's a big nostalgic element to it but i do just really love the world there and the um the music and the 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 art design and things like that so i think like that's a huge aspect of my constant replaying of spyro is just to exist in that world but mm-hmm. i think other than that um oblivion is a big one you know I, again i don't play oblivion for the thrilling sword play uh <laughs> or the excellent a- radiant ai i play yes. it because it's a beautiful world and yeah all right there are some actually some some really good side quests and things like that and there is there is fun to be had in exploring dungeons and fighting monsters but just to wander around is enough for me really um and other than that i've I've just written down like some historical 
uh, based games just because I find it quite interesting walking around a large simulated open world of a different period of history. So I've talked before about how much I enjoyed Far Cry Primal, Assassin's Creed Syndicate, new one on the block, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Very much enjoying that now that I've made it to uh, to to England. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll be talking about that probably in the next section of the podcast. Let's find <laughs> out in a bit. Uh, but yeah, there's those are a, a few games um, that I like to pop into now and then hmm. for the world. The world, of course. You forgot to mention the uh, the five voice actors that Oblivion boasts. Though you got to check in with those guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I thought Mog Crab's more fearsome than you. That's not how he says it, but I just said it like that for some reason. You violated the law. Yeah. Your um, stolen goods are now forfeit. This is the part where you fall down and bleed to death. Really great quick. <laughs> I do there. like the, the pitch shifts in <laughs> yeah. his tone. Just goes up and up and up. I like it when you kill someone in like the market or you 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 get killed by guards in the marketplace and mm. you know they're going like Take that! Ah! And then they they take you down, and as you die, and it plays the death music and goes, duh, 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 they'll walk up to your body and go like, someone's been murdered, or whatever, <laughs> things like that, you know. May you oh, rest in peace. It's so good. It's such a it's brilliant. Great. I'm so sad we never got a uh, a PS4 release of that. You know? Yeah, it's a shame, really. It's yeah. sad. Never mind. I suppose that's why that's why people play games on Xbox, isn't it? Yeah, they just um, play it, can't they? Ben, what what worlds do you like to revisit just to sort of exist and explore and uh, you know not not play too much gameplay as such, mm, but just mm, just sort mm. of be there in the moment? Yeah, yeah, yeah no, absolutely. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, well, oh. this year, oh. uh, this year I haven't really. There's there's speaking specifically about this year in terms mm. of what's been what I've dipped back into over and over again. There's been no real constant for me. This year, apart from maybe Call of Duty Warzone, which obviously is it's it's an inherently unpleasant gaming world to just sort of exist in. It's not quite Cyrodiil, is it? No, it's not. Yeah. It's not. Um, there's like three voice actors in that one as well, so mm. you can't even hang out with friends. Um, but it's it's sort of I th- I think maybe the the sense or the notion that games can exist to be uh not a safe space you know but like just some sort of like a comforting blanket yeah familiar and warm i think it perhaps it goes beyond just gaming worlds that are nice you know uh because i've i've also played a lot of demon souls recently and that isn't nice Mm. but i don't want to stop playing it because it's sort of it comforts me because I know it very well and and I enjoy it. And I think perhaps that the same went for Marvel's Avengers earlier in the year. In that I reached the point with that game where I knew exactly what I was doing. I still didn't think it was very good, but I knew exactly what I was doing that I was just happy to boot it up and just play it because it was like, I understand how this game works and I can easily spend an hour in here just feeling like I'm accomplishing something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, beyond, uh, wow. Cyrodiil's very green today. Mm. That's nice. Oh my god, I f- forgot about the zombies in Oblivion. They're actually really upsetting. Oh, they are I'm horrible, really glad they? they aren't in Skyrim. 
Yeah. Because they're really spooky, actually, rotting bodies. They're very... They're sort of, they seem to be like the most rotting zombies mm. ever depicted in in they're fiction. They're really unpleasant. It's it's a good thing that they hide in those identical dungeons. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Otherwise, I seem to remember them be being trouble. really tough as well, the zombies in that game. Mm. You know, you'd think a, a rotten corpse would just take a couple of stabs and then it would fall to bits. Fall down but... and bleed to death, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I thought mod crabs less fearsome than those zombies because they're very <laughs> fearsome. Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. But I think... Uh, as Keithy says, mm. it's uh, it's nice to have games that you can just sort of exist in yeah. and, and enjoy. But I think uh, I think it does it does go beyond this. This is nice, and the music's fantastic, and that's why all the games that I've just mentioned are generally pretty horrible places to be. Yeah, but there's still something comforting about them because they're familiar. Yeah, yeah. I guess there's kind of different ways that you can exist in a game, either just to literally enjoy the locale and the atmosphere or mm. in a different way as you say just get exist. headshots and po noobs you know? yeah but in a kind of in a way but in a, fr- that, but in a friendly way in, you know, a friendly in a familiar way, way. In a familiar then, yeah way. it's just familiar and it's there's a there's a level of autonomy but not in a boring way it's you know it, it's it's almost second nature just running around and doing things there and yeah yeah I get verbally abused by 14 year olds but in like a in a nice way in you know, a nice in a friendly way. way yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, die over and over again, but like in a in a nice way. In a friendly way. Dying in a friendly over way, yeah. yeah. Just sort of exist in that space where you're constantly being murdered by teenagers. You know, mm, perfect. In a nice way, then. In a, in the just a really happy, in the best possible peaceful way. Peaceful. Yeah. No, one hundred percent. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Peter, it's time to move on. Yes. To a section that we've never done before, right. and I can't even pronounce this. I don't even know what that means. Uh, do you want me to have a go? Yeah, if you would. What we play in, it says. No, I don't think that, that doesn't sound right. Oh. Could you give it another go? Oh, I think there's a G missing. That's why it's so hard to read. Oh, God, you're right. I think it's supposed to say, what we playing. It's time for what we play playing. Is that, playing. was that it? Yeah. Playing. Mm. Ah, I don't know about that. It feels weird. Oh, okay. Feels well. weird to say, but anyway, we're here now. Mm. Peter, what are you playing? Uh, I playing a couple of things this week. Um, so normally I only resort to talking about the game that I've been streaming, st- streaming apostrophe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, if I've not played that much other stuff in my own downtime in the evenings, which some weeks that's what happens. So I have to just sort of talk about my stream game. Um, this week I have played stuff in my downtime, but I will also just mention the game I've been streaming because I started that in my own time at home, and then I sort of restarted on stream, which was Astro's Playroom. Um, you know, mm. I, I wanted to just play that by myself, and then I was like, "Oh, this is just too fun! I got to stream this next week. I got to do it." So um, it took me two streams, and I finished it now. And wow, that final boss is great! Did Isn't not it? expect that. Yeah, um, people were saying in the chat like, "Oh, it's it's final boss time. Pete is going to enjoy this because I've made reference to that thing um, a couple of times throughout the runs because there's actually you can see it on a little screen as well in the in the central hub area. There's like a, a a reference to it ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, it, it turns out to also be the final boss. Um, so super fun, bit of a... It's one of those more obscure, deep cuts, really. So some people won't know won't know what that is. I don't want to necessarily spoil it because it was a nice surprise to me. So I'm not going... In case people haven't played it yet, I'm not going to say what the nature of that boss was. But it's a, it's a, it's a very, very old callback. I mean, it's effectively one of the first things that ever existed on ps1 uh that's all mm. i'll say 
So yeah. Uh, yeah, super fun. And the rest of the game just just wonderful, charming, colorful, genuinely enjoyable to play. Really uses the really shows off that controller, um, which I know is pretty much what that thing was designed for that that game. But uh, yeah, yeah it, it, I think it it ticks all boxes. I think if you look at everything it set out to do within within those realm but within that realm or those parameters i think it's essentially a perfect game you know according to those specific yardsticks so yeah yeah very good really good a really good game and also that final boss is uh i mean part of it is is a reference to that thing that you obviously have alluded Mm. to but it's also a reference to i think an aspect of uh i think it was the it was either the the playroom vr it might have been the original playroom or it might have been uh astrobot rescue mission right the vr game there's there's a portion of that uh before it uh you know turns into the thing that you recognize mm-hmm. that initial version is is i believe just lifted from one of their earlier games that they did so oh the initial ver- well so the it's got two forms it sort of mm. evolves into a more deadly yes. deadly form later on and the the first version is definitely definitely a callback to uh to ps1 but whether it's also a reference to other Astro stuff, I don't know, but um, yeah, yeah, I, I believe it is. I'll I'll have to double check, but okay. I, uh, yeah, it 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 did look um, it did look an awful lot like that that thing. Maybe it's all it's all just a a great big web of references to each other, sort of. Yeah, thing. I think it is. It just yeah. sort of it melds it all together, doesn't it? Mm, yeah, brilliant stuff. Uh, but uh, anyway, all that aside, as I say, I've been playing some other stuff. Uh, so the the main thing I've been playing is Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Wow, it's a really good game. Really enjoying mm. that. Um, it is more of the same, but for me, a, a person who only plays an Assassin's Creed game every sort of third or fourth game, seemingly, uh, it's certainly been long enough for me that I can sit down and enjoy it. And it feels... Um, I mean, certainly aspects of it feel new because they have innovated on one or two one or two things. On the other hand, it's definitely got the uh, the Ubisoft paint by colors feel to it. In that, there's a drone slash owl slash <laughs> raven slash whatever it is. You know, in yeah. different games, the flying thing. There's um, see through walls and mark your enemies. But hey, it's got a different name now, so it's a different thing, right? It's called like Odin Sight or something like that. Of but, course, uh, yeah. Um, so it it's definitely the it's one of those it's a it's an Ubisoft game in in that respect but uh yeah it's it's very beautiful actually really pretty game especially I think when you make it to uh Britain and you know it's not I think when you're in Norway uh it's nice but it's kind of it's like when you compare Skyrim and Oblivion you know Skyrim's a really good game and uh you know it's a lot of fun to play in but I don't really like just constant tundra really um mm. i know there's a few areas of skyrim where it's not got snow on it and there's like a f- couple of forests and stuff but yeah it's mostly a big snowy cold place and oblivion rolling hills and green stuff and trees and uh it kind of feels like that when you go from norway to england in uh in valhalla and uh yeah wow really gorgeous and i've only just scratched the surface um so i'm really looking forward to just playing more exploring the world um and uh it's fun to like encounter little towns and villages and settlements and it's like you know just a collection of like little wooden shacks or whatever and then the name of that place is somewhere in the UK that is now a huge town or city and it's it's funny to see like 
you know, um, I mean, I can't even think of an example now, but you know, you go, you go somewhere like Jorvik, and it's not really that big compared to York, um, and so on. So it's interesting to, mm-hmm. to make those comparisons. Other than that, I've been playing a bit of um, Spyro Reignited actually in oh, preparation okay. for uh, a stream that I'm going to be doing around the time that I finish for Christmas where I want to play through the entire thing. I want to rescue all the dragons, collect all the dragon eggs uh, and get to the final boss fight without breathing fire at all. Um, My goodness. And this is the this is the first one, is it? The it first is the first Spyro? game. Yeah, the first Spyro. I'm doing it on Reignited because there's a couple of exploits I can use in that game that I wouldn't be able to do in uh, the, the PS1 version. And I will have to breathe fire in the final boss fight, but that's kind of that's that's sort of what the run is. You know, it's about getting to the end and then just saving your fire for the for the boss. Um, but uh, I I thought that I wouldn't be able to get all the dragons and dragon eggs. I thought I, all I'll do is I'll just run to the end and kill the final boss. And then I was like, hang on, I've got like seventy eight out of eighty dragons here uh, when I was practicing. And these last two dragons were behind a seemingly impossible barrier. And, oh boy, I spent like an hour or two trying to break the game in this same little area. And I've done it. I did it. Oh, well done. I finally managed to cheat my way through. You took the Uh, camera anywhere you wanted. I did. I broke the boundaries. Um, So I now think I'm going to be able to do the entire thing by freeing every single dragon which is something i'd never thought i'd be able to do i thought it was just going to be a run to the boss but uh no seems to be that way so we'll see how it goes but uh yeah that's quite exciting so that'll be a long old stream of probably five or six hours um but brilliant do do you have a do you have a day for that yet to sort of prep people um it will be either um let's have a look saturday the 19th um which is like the first day of the holidays for me uh, or Monday the 21st, which is the first what would be a working day of the holidays. You know, I might not do yeah. it on my weekend, but I may in, well do. Sort of in place of your usual stream slot if it was the Monday. Yeah, yeah, it would be. Um, so, yeah, it will be essentially next weekend around then. At the time of release of this podcast, it will be next weekend coming. So Brilliant. keep an eye on our social media. We'll give you an exact date when we know. When yeah, definitely. Coming. Yeah, definitely. There we go. Yeah. Nice. So that's that's what I've been playing. What about you, Ben? What have you been playing? Well, it, it finally happened. I've played some bug snacks. Oh, yeah. It's flipping weird. Yeah. Is it good though? Um, I'm in. I'm enjoying it. Yes. Yeah. yeah I think the reviews are fairly bang on, sort of uh, mid to high seventies. Yeah. Or thereabouts. It's uh, yeah. It's essentially just a a, a nice little sort of problem-solving, puzzly game mm. where the island you're on is split into distinct areas and each area has a certain amount of bug snacks to catch, mm. but all of them interact in different ways. Some of them only come out at night. You have to use different tactics. Some of them like chocolate, for example. So you would use your slingshot to fire chocolate that you've just harvested from the chocolate plant. Right. Of course. Yeah. Uh, onto one of the bug snacks, which makes the other bug snack charge at that bug snack, which will then flip that bug snack onto its back so you can then catch it. And then maybe there's some flying ones, and they get tired after flying around their route every so often, and they need to land. And so you, you need to wait until they land and then try and, and grab them and snack them up. Um, right. 
And beyond that, you know, it's 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 very surreal and strange. The the inhabitants of this island have uh, all sort of split apart from one another, apart from one who's still in their old town, and he charges you with going around and sort of trying to get everyone to come back. Yeah, and that uh, that main explorer who was in the 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 trailers and stuff she's gone missing and so when once she left the town sort of fell apart so you're trying to get everyone back it's quite adult in its sense of humor sometimes and it's a bit odd and weird i don't really know how to describe it it's like it's really strange peter it's so weird uh some of the stuff like some of the setup for for the story you know the story is very bizarre. You're an investigative journalist. Right. And it starts off and you're in sort of like a sepia tone office and you're, you've got like a, an old timey uh, boss in front of you. Like, no, oh, you need to go and I need pictures of Spider-Man. Pictures of Spider-Man. Ah, bring, yeah. Ah, and like I've slamming seen, the desk and stuff. I've seen that in the trailer, that character. Yeah. It's weird. Like, it's really weird. I'm going to keep playing it because it's, it's good fun. But, uh, yeah, it's very strange. Very, very strange. But I think people will enjoy it if they give it a go. So mm. that's Bug Snacks. Play some more Demon Souls, of course. Mm-hmm. Just uh, just sort of helping helping people out now, you know, paying paying it forwards, if you will. Going into friends' games and giving them some items and helping them defeat bosses and stuff like that. So uh, still yeah. very much enjoying that game. Warzone, naturally. Played a bit of Call of Duty. And uh, the last game I played is Resident Evil Revelations 2, which is a huge improvement over Revelations 1. Uh, Not that that took much beating, because I believe Revelations 1 was originally a 3DS game, maybe, and then it was ported to home consoles. Uh, But Revelations 2 is is much better, better story, better characters. You can play the whole thing in co-op and... uh, it's just it's just more engaging. I think it's just a, just a better game all round. Wonderful. Glad to hear it. Oh, there we are. That's what I've played. Talking about bug snacks. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho. Uh, wonderful. Well, it's time to move on to another question. Yes, it is. Would you do the honours? I will. Hmm. This is uh, from Jason Allenby. Allenby? Is it Allenby? Did we discover that last time or did we just did we make the same sort of observations that I'm making now? Oh, I don't remember us uh, struggling with this. I, I mean, I would have said, I mean, I would have said Allenby like you did. But now that you've said, is it Alonby? I mm. think that actually sounds more likely. So who's well, to say? It's definitely from Jason. Yeah. And we know that much. So Jason, Jason says, hi, Peter and Ben. With the world in its current state of being totally fine, everything is great, I've been trying to catch up on games that passed me by the first time around. Last week I finally gave Bioshock a go. I will say that game is really good and I'm enjoying playing it. However, since the game came out in 2007 and I've been on the internet at least once, I know how the game goes. It's hard to get immersed in the narrative when you know what the big reveal is. So would you kindly answer this question? (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever had a similar experience of going into a new-to-you game, knowing how it ends, and were you able to still get immersed into it? Thanks for everything you guys do. Have a great day. From your friend, Jason, last name. Mm. Wow, yeah. I mean, if you've watched our list on our channel, you will know what happens in Bioshock because it's just a game that lends itself to every single topic that we ever cover for some reason. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, yeah, I've definitely had this. In fact, because 
because of working on YouTube channels that do lists, that's probably uh, where I've got my spoilers from. Because I don't, you know, I think um, if you avoid spoilers in the immediate aftermath of a game's release, then once that moment's passed, it's actually relatively easy to avoid spoilers for that game you know, months down the line, because people aren't really talking about it anymore that much on social media, um, broadly speaking. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm not seeing Last of Us Part 2 spoilers anymore, for example, because people just have kind of moved on to the next game that they want to scream and shout about. Um, So it really came from doing lists. Uh, So actually, The Last of Us 1, I... I didn't play that until I'd already covered it on, I guess, some what culture videos. So I knew full well what the final sequence was and uh, the decisions that were made by characters. Uh, so that was a shame. But fortunately, I guess the difference between that and Bioshock is that Bioshock has this thread running all the way through it that you don't even know is happening. You know, it's got a almost a series arc, as it were. Mm. Um, whereas, you know, Last of Us 1 has uh, just a kind of a big, gut punch at the end that you don't see coming um so at least for the bulk of the game it it that that spoiler that you've got in your head isn't directly affecting what you're doing whereas with bioshock if you know you're being asked to kindly go through that door you kind of the whole time you'll be thinking oh yeah okay sure sure i will that's that thing yeah um one game however that was kind of more of a case of that for me was Heavy Rain. Um, I knew who the origami killer was from, again, doing uh, doing a list about twists in the tale or something like that. Um, and to an extent, it did kind of hamper my experience. But on the other hand, I was a bit baffled by what that character was doing and why they were doing it, even knowing full well that, okay, this person is the origami killer... Why are they? What have they done that for? Or how does that behaviour there line up with the fact that they are the killer? And it, it took me some time before I realised. Oh, okay, they're trying to sort of clean up evidence and you know get get an insight onto the investigation and stuff. So it made sense to me eventually. But I think in I think the fact that I was confused by their motives at first in some ways did help because it was like there was still some sort of unanswered question in my head. You know, I, I was like, what is, I don't understand what's going on here. I guess I'll find out later. Um, so at least I had that going for it. Whereas if I fully understood the entire thing, it would be like, okay, yeah, they're doing that because of this reason. So yeah, Heavy Rain and uh, Last of Us were the sort of the big ones for me. Um, yeah. What about you? Um. Well, I mean, there aren't many big games that have huge narrative twists in them that I went into after the fact. Mm. Most of the time I was there when it came out and I was able to experience it without that being spoiled or without it just being common knowledge. Yeah. Uh, there, there are a few games I've gone back and played after the fact. Uh, sort of yeah, Metal Gear Solid 1 to 3, uh, God of War 1 and 2, the original ones. Yeah, But I wouldn't say necessarily that any of them had massive twists apart from maybe MGS2 making you play as Raiden mm. or Raiden. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that it's such a for me, it was such a small thing. And you really literally would have had to have played that game the week it came out 
for that yeah. not to have been just everyone talking about it. Mm. You know, because then I'm I'm assuming after that point it was just widely publicized that you play as Raiden in this game. So it was for me it was always you play as Raiden in this game. If I went to my cousin's house, for example, and they were playing MGS two, which they were, that's mm. where I first saw it, they were playing as Raiden. So I was like, Well, this is just this is the character you play as. I didn't know. You know, it's not yeah. like a twist that happens halfway through or near the end or something. It happens immediately. So it was never like a big a big change to me. So I for me the problem with coming into games after the fact is that is when they don't don't stand up on their own anymore. Mm. Uh, not necessarily because they're bad, but just because they're older. It takes some time getting over or getting used to some of the more archaic design choices. Um, you know, awkward camera angles, controls, that kind of stuff. I'd say that's yeah. less the case with Bioshock because it's it's relatively recent. Um, and uh, I, I really enjoyed playing through Bioshock. I didn't play that when it came out, but I did play it sort of a couple of years later, uh, and I didn't know any of that stuff going into right. it, the spoilery stuff. But, uh, yeah, as you said, there, there are other twists in that game that maybe aren't as well publicized as as the would-you-kindly one. Mm. So there's still plenty plenty to go through there. And it's, you know, it's about the journey. It's not necessarily about the, the twists, the friends we made along the way. Yeah. You know, there's there's you, a lot in there. Did you play Shadow of the Colossus at the time? I know you played it on PS4. Was that was that new to you then? Or? No, no, I did play it on PS2. Right. Um, yeah. Admittedly, probably not when it came out, but I rented it from the library, mm-hmm. yeah. and that's that's when I played that for the first time. But yeah, I, going into that, I had no idea what it was. Yeah, because uh, that's a big twist. That's one of gaming's bigger twists, I would say. Yeah, don't think it really had an impact on me though at that age. Right. Like I, I didn't. It was like oh. Hmm. And that was kind of it. Like I didn't, I didn't really. It didn't hit me, perhaps in the way it should have done or did when I played it again as yeah. an actual adult. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so it's, yeah. it's it's it hits different now, as the kids say. They do, yeah. They do say that. Uh, very recently, obviously, Resi Four. Mm-hmm. I I just sort of put that down immediately, just due to the con- just due to the controls. Um, but for, in that case, I know that there's a remake coming. Like it's it's happening. We know that yeah. there was a data leak. It's happening. <laughs> there mm. there is there is a remake coming. So I'll just wait for that, and uh, then I can ex- experience it there. But uh, yeah, that that's mainly my experience with with going back and playing these sorts of big games after the fact. Is it's just how they play rather than what I already know about them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. Uh, it's good to know that you've not had too many uh, big things spoiled for you. No, not really. Excellent it's news. It's okay. Uh, I'll tell you what isn't excellent news. Yeah. But might actually be rather bizarre news. Mm-hmm. Hang on, let me... Just, hang on, I'm not ready yet. Oh, yeah, me neither. Uh, I'm not ready yet. Here we go. I'm ready now. I'm ready now. Uh, I'm also ready now. It's time for weird news. Weird news. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. It's Weird News time. Welcome to weird news peter do you have some strange video game news for me i do have some strange video game news to an extent it's more about a uh, a youtuber who mostly plays video games so it is it is pretty much uh, video game related but he's he does other things too uh mm. but it's reported on kotaku.com so it must be weird gaming news um although it's not written by our usual uh correspondent so maybe not uh, this is by ian walker on Kotaku.com. Okay. Um, Markiplier fans celebrate his bowel movement. Oh, okay. It's a bit weird. <laughs> Not sure that's right. Mark Markiplier Fishback is one of the biggest YouTube stars in the world. At almost 30 million subscribers, he's afforded a level of celebrity that can make even a mundane activity, like taking a dump, a big deal. After a recent stay in the hospital for an intestinal blockage, Markiplier updated his fans on his status with a very important two-word tweet. Um, so at 6pm on the 3rd of December, he uh, just tweeted the words, I pooped, full stop. <laughs> um, okay. Markiplier fans have since, ma- since managed to make the hashtag, hashtag he pooped, a trending topic on Twitter. Oh, okay. Uh, it's currently ranked as the social media time of writing, I suppose. It's currently ranked as the social media platform's sixth most talked about thing in the UA- uh, USA and climbing. Um, the tweet in question, it doesn't actually say this in the article, but the tweet in question has 316,000 likes, uh, 27,000 comments, and uh, how many retweets? Uh, uh, 17,000 retweets as well. Um, so Jesus, people are really, really enjoying this news. Uh, jokes aside, it says that uh, this normal human bodily function means Markiplier won't have to go through surgery. He's a good guy by all accounts, and I'm glad to hear his medical problems have cleared up. Congratulations on the poop, Mark. Ian Walker, staff writer, Kotaku. Share this story, Facebook, Twitter, email, or copy direct link. I think we need to tweet it immediately so uh, yeah yeah great um uh, i mean let's be perfectly honest here ow if mm. we had that level of uh following yeah we'd do exactly the same thing oh, you know we would of course we'd, we would we'd do that hey even if we didn't have just blockages, yeah hey just, just like once a day the i pooped tweet would just go pooped out. and then people would check and be like oh you didn't tweet it today Are you okay yeah. make sure you're eating your fiber mm. Yeah. Sorry, guys, I forgot. 
It was People get send, send us prune juice in the tat appeal just to oh, keep us God. regular. Oh, no. Yeah. And if we'd had a Domino's the night before, there might be two I pooped tweets going out. Oh, no, out that'd be day. terrible. Can you imagine? You yeah. could do them. Oh, the social media opportunities, you could do them in a thread. Yeah. I pooped. I pooped. Just pooped. Just did a poop. Wow. What a frightening level of success that man mm, has. Yeah, really quite quite disturbing. But we wish the very best to Markiplier and hope that his... His intestines remain unblocked. Absolutely. Keep your poops going, my dude. Keep the poops a-flowing. Mm-hmm. Keep them going. Keep, keep them flowing. Them, keep them going. Keep them flowing, Markiplier. And eat that Stas- dummy bobs. Standing by. I see you, bruv. Yeah. Flop. Uh, please weird me back. Of course. This comes from PCGamer.com mm-hmm. forward slash UK. Right. This is from Wes Fenlon. Yeah. And the title says, Monster Hunter World review bombed after a controversial joke from the movie hits Chinese social media. Oh no. It's the film, re-bombed. which premiered December the 3rd in China, may be edited to remove the offending line. Uh oh. So, uh, yeah, this uh, the Monster Hunter movie has just sort of come out. Yeah, and it looks I think great. I heard vaguely it existed, and yeah, now it's. And and now it's it's just released. Uh, it looks like it's got Mila Jovovich in it. Jovovich. Jokovic. Yeah, the famous tennis player Mila Jokovic. Yeah, absolutely, that's her. Um, so here we go. This is obviously rather unfortunate, and we don't want to make light of of the line, which isn't great. Right. Uh, but we'll I, get into it. Here we go. I've got no idea what's coming. I've not heard this story, so. Monster Hunter World received 17 negative reviews on Steam on December the 3rd. On December the 4th, as of writing, it's gotten 1,092. Scroll through them and you'll see a common thread. Knees. Good game, dirty racism movie, says one review, which sums up the cause of Monster Hunter World's sudden review bomb. The Monster Hunter film adaptation directed by Paul W.S. Anderson premiered on in China sorry, on December the 3rd, and a joke from early in the film has been gathering attention and anger across Chinese social media. One of the American soldiers in the film throws out the line, What kind of knees are these? Chinese. What? Why? What? What's the context of that remark? I have no idea. Uh, wow. But there's there's an embedded tweet that looks like it's gone now. That just uh, the the accompanying caption said, "Great writing in the Monster Hunter movie." Mm. So I don't think there is any real context to it. Okay. As pointed out by analyst Daniel Ahmad, the pun hasn't been well received. It's being linked uh, to the rhyme slash phrase Chinese Japanese dirty knees. Look at these, which is considered offensive. He said, "Have you heard that line before?" That rhyme or that that, no, that rhyme. Uh, there, there was a, a similar rhyme that I've heard in the playground at school at about age six, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. D- was it dirty knees? Look at these. Yeah. No, I'd not heard that one. No. Yeah. So I I think that might be an American phrase because I've only heard that in Family Guy before. Right. Uh, that's the only other place I've I've heard that. I haven't heard mm. that anyone ever say that uh, in the UK. Might be wrong though. Uh, that rhyme has been around for decades, and a cursory Google search will bring up plenty of writers talking about how it's long been used as a racist jeer. Whether the film's pun was an intentional reference or not, it clearly hasn't landed well with Chinese audiences. We haven't been able to verify tweets claiming that the film is being pulled from theatres in China and that it's being edited to remove the offending scene, but given the review bomb splashback that Monster Hunter World has received, it seems likely that the film will be modified to preserve its chances at the Chinese box office. 
Capcom already posted a statement on Weibo, which I believe may be some kind of Chinese social media. I'm not entirely sure. Right. Uh, Clarifying it didn't produce the film. It's an international production from Tencent, Constantin Film and others, but that it's forwarding feedback to the relevant companies. The joke somehow slipped through China's regulatory agencies before uh, Monster Hunter's release. We've previously written about the complex machinations of game censorship in China. Films go through a similar vetting process. Given the current backlash, I don't expect the pun will remain in the film for long. Hmm. So there we are. Um, It's unfortunate, obviously, and clearly beyond the implications of the line, which are seemingly racist. Yeah. Um, It's just, it doesn't sound like it's very good writing just in the movie in general no i'd much rather he'd you know not been racist or alluded mm. to a racist yeah, rhyme sure. and in- instead said what kind of knees are these weird knees <laughs> we- weird knee- knees yeah like that you know really force the knees and news just yeah. make them into a homophone and then ruffle some papers you know and then you don't Absolutely. have to be actually race well or again allude to a racist uh, rhyme. I know they said poem then. Yeah. Which is not we, do, quite. we don't know what the intentions were there, as the article no. says, but the implications are certainly very real. And uh, yeah. Chinese viewers understandably very upset and annoyed about that. There is a, a separate, perhaps more complicated argument as to whether taking to the most recent Monster Hunter Games Steam page and review bombing it is the correct way to go about it, mm. considering that the film has nothing to do with the game beyond the fact that it shares a name. Yeah, you know, and there's no and, way that, like, the publisher and developers, like, signed off on every no, line of dialogue. Them. Yeah, no. it wasn't up to them. It was, as it said, it was produced by different uh, movie companies and uh, and they weren't involved. So, yeah, I mean, at that point, I don't know. Perhaps that was just the... That was just the, the way that... The, you know, again, it's it's kind of a bit like the bandwagoning kind of stuff we were talking about last week. Perhaps a few people went through, started review bombing Steam, and then everyone else just followed suit because that oh, was yeah, the place everyone sure. was doing it. Maybe it would have been perhaps more pointed to do it on Metacritic or uh, you know IMDb or or something like that. But it's uh, we wouldn't be talking about it if they did. Perhaps the fact that they've True. done this means that we're talking about it. So clearly that it worked. Yeah, you're um, right. That's, that's that's. I mean, whether you have to wonder, like, to what extent? I'm sure some people are are doing it to try and have a com- have a conversation like this. You know, be in the public eye, and you know, if that's your intention, I can at least understand it. But you do have to wonder as well uh, how many people, as you say, are just doing it because they hear, oh, some some game is being review bombed. Oh, I'll I'll chip in. You know, and they might not even know what the uh, what the story is. You know, mm. um, again, that's not to undermine the uh, the fact that some people are genuinely offended by this, and you know, of course, that they're well within their rights to be mm-hmm. uh, based on that. But yeah, it, it's always just I just find review bombing a bit difficult to comprehend, especially in this case where the game isn't even directly linked to the issue. Um, yeah. So it's a shame because there, there will be some people in there who are just just review bombing the game for fun without even understanding the problem. 
mm. uh, or having informed themselves about it. So, and Monster Hunter uh, World is is fantastic as well. I mean, I mean the, the the best outcome here is that the the issues the the actual issue is addressed and mm. the the line is is adapted or removed or altered or something like that because there's. You know, we haven't seen the film, but even that line out of context doesn't sound like it has a great deal of context. And I don't really know how else that line would have been put in there, if not some kind of reference to the 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 sort of uh, the phrase or the nursery, not the nursery rhyme, but you know what I mean? The, yeah, the, the, just the rhyme. Yeah. Um, and uh, and hopefully Capcom, is, is, is it Capcom? I believe it's Capcom, isn't it? The Monster Yeah, Hunter. I think so, yeah. Um, hopefully, yeah, Capcom. Hopefully, Capcom can uh, work with Steam to maybe get those negative reviews removed because they just, you know, it's it's a permanent mark on that game's record, and it's not that game's fault. And yeah. um, it's a shame that it got caught up in it. But at the same time, as we've said, you know, maybe this was just the best course of action to make the the most amount of noise possible for these people to feel like they needed uh, they they were you know need to be yeah. heard. Mm. And at least as well, you know, this has happened sometime after the game is well, uh, 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 I guess a long time after the game has been out. It's been out for, Mm. you know, 2017. Yeah, years now. So, um, you know, if the game was like newly out and then this had happened immediately, that could affect the sales quite badly. Mm. Um, And if it was hard to pass, you know, to separate the... um, people's actual opinions of the game versus the review bombing you know like capcom might even look at it and go oh did did people like our game or how much of this is you know like is this a reflection on the quality or how much of this is because of that line in the film uh, but they know that the game was a success and it, it went mm-hmm. down very well and it's only now that this is happening yeah like you say it's still a permanent mark on its on its record but um certainly as a metric for did we make a good game? I think they already know or they already knew that they had done you know, a long yeah. time ago. So that's something, I guess. Absolutely. Uh, it initially released in late 2017, but right. came to most of the world in early 2018. Mm. Yeah. So there we are. That was uh, some weird news. Hopefully that gets sorted soon. On, Pretty on weird. both yeah. sides. On both mm. sides. Uh, not both sides I mean they're as in there are good people on both sides I mean as in oh, the gosh. steam reviews and also the line in the film that's what that's just to be perfectly clear yeah because some people like really like to take what we say out of context and yeah. it's important that we're extremely clear yeah Whew. okay well question three uh this is from just Chris hmm that's what it says. That's his name. He's not put Chris, and I've said uh, it's only it's only Chris. It's only Chris. Chris. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, hey, fellas. In a few months, I'll be headed to Poland for a little less than a year with the army. Once I get back, I'll basically be a year behind in news and video games, which I always kind of like because all the glitches are fixed, the prices have dropped, etc. And by playing catch up, you never have to worry about a game not being available at that moment. My question is, have you guys ever had to go a long stretch of time where you were out of the loop and found yourself coming back to everything you missed? And how did you feel about it? Were you, like me, uh, excited to learn about everything you'd missed? Or did you feel left out and disappointed? Uh, Take care, boys. Chris. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Uh, Thank you for your service as well. uh, Absolutely, yeah. Um, I wonder whether he's going... Which which army he's going with. Um, Well, it's just Chris, so... It's just, uh, yeah, it's just the the Chris army. Just the Chris army, yeah. Just wonder whether he's, like, a a non-Polish army being deployed to Poland for some reason, or if he's maybe a... 
uh, originally a Polish national, and he's got to go back and do some, maybe some service for a year in Poland, and then I don't know. Anyway, just speculating there about the nature of uh, Chris's have, service, but I whatever no it is, I-, I have no idea. Whatever your service is, Chris, thank you very much for it. Thank you. Um, so uh, it's it's very well known to those who listen to our content regularly that I uh, did not have a PS3. It was my only uh, step away from Sony in the past four or five generations of consoles. Started with a PS1, got PS2, jumped to 360 because I couldn't afford a PS3, um, and uh, then back to PS4 eventually. But that was a couple of years after the PS4 had come out as well. So I missed out on the entire PS3 back catalogue, and... I'd missed out on a year or two of PS4 as well when I finally got that PS4. And in some ways, um, I I enjoyed it too because it meant I had all these exciting games to play. I had The Last of Us. I had four Uncharted games. Um, uh, I'm trying to think what else was out at that point. But, you know, the, those games alone are, um, you know, a lot to, uh, you know, it's a nice prospect um, to sit down with your new console and think, look at all this stuff. It's like the best launch lineup ever for me. Mm. Um, so in that respect, definitely a lot of fun. However, um, number one, to go back to question one, we've got the, oh, sorry, question two, we've got the problem of The Last of Us Part One. I already knew what was going to happen in it because I'd, it had been several years since that had been out. So, you know, there was that spoiler um so when you're late to the party you've got to worry about spoilers to an extent um but also i kind of feel like i've constantly been playing catch up um and i kind of having that with with everyone else having that head start on me or the console having the head start on me um you know there are some ps4 games that i've still not played and i want to play um, and it, that's a question we've been, been asked more than once on the podcast. So I've, I've talked about them before, The Witcher 3, um, uh, God of War. Um, want to move on to Horizon, which was I was about to do before the PS5 came out, and now it's had to sort of go onto the to-do list again. Um, so games like that, you know, I it doesn't, it doesn't help that, for me, gaming is not necessarily my number one pastime. I don't, I don't put as much time into gaming in my evenings and weekends as I do I watch like I, I stream a lot of stuff so I you know I watch a lot of tv and films and stuff like that and um you know I I suppose I hang out with my girlfriend a bit if, oh if, god you're so geez. pathetic oh god disgusting um so the combination of um falling behind on the ps4 back catalog to start with and then only having so many hours a week to put into games um, like that, and and those are all big games as well. Um, I do it does bother me a bit, especially being in this job that I do have gaps in my knowledge with in in some of the biggest games of uh, the the PlayStation library of the past uh, past few years. You know, I, I do think like man, one of my there are people listening to this this podcast right now who would love to be a presenter on a video games channel um and here i am a presenter on a video games channel having not played god of war you know like who the hell am i here (laughs) but you know i know my reasons and uh i stand by them and i'm doing my best and i've there's new games that have come out now that i've got to get through as well and uh uh it, it at least it means there's always something for me to move on to to play that is a yeah absolutely a, a big successful 
high quality game. So, you know, after I've done the PS5 launch games, I'll be able to do Horizon and God of War and maybe one day, maybe The Witcher 3. Oh my God. Which one do you reckon you'll play first, The Witcher 3 or Cyberpunk? I mean, the Cyberpunk, yeah, That we, <laughs> the other problem is now we're past launch. There's actual other games coming out that aren't launch games. There's Ratchet coming out soon, which I don't know if I'll... I might play that one, or there's Lego Star Wars in the new year. Oh, wow. I'll probably play Cyberpunk first, but, um, yeah, before God of War, I mean. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, it's it's difficult. That's the, I guess that's the other, the other problem being in this position is almost not knowing what to go on to next. But mm. uh, it's, it's a nice problem to have, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Have you ever had any uh, sort of gaps or missed yeah. out on certain things? I mean, never stopped gaming for a while. Not really. <laughs> That's the thing. I've never really had an extended break. Certainly not in my um, in my adult life, my mature life, where I was able to actually afford to buy these things myself. You know, as a as a kid, I didn't yeah. play many games on PS One or PS Two really, just because I didn't have the means to get them, mm. and I didn't really know what they were. It wasn't really until sort of two thousand and four-ish that I really, really started getting plugged in to to the games industry and and watching it and paying close attention to it. Um, And, uh, you know, uh, but before that point, it was just I played what I played. But since then, I've never, never really taken an an extended break at all from games. Um, I haven't played everything because I'm not a robot. And I also have, you know, taste, uh, a personal taste, not taste in general. I'm like oh, you don't have taste. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I have I have game series that I don't like, and I have game series that I do like. So I haven't played everything, and I I haven't owned every console, so I haven't been able to play all the exclusives. I've never really been a PC gamer. Um, but uh, yeah, certainly as far as PlayStation is concerned, I've been playing that consistently, covering most of the sort of big exclusive games for for fifteen or so years uh, w- without a break. So. There are while while there aren't there hasn't really ever been a period where I've I've been like ah oh, I've come back to games and now look there's there's three or four games that I really want to play that I didn't didn't get a chance to play and now I can get them super cheap. Hmm. Sometimes there are games that I've I've kind of slept on yeah uh, for a good while and and then come back to later. So Days Gone was a recent one. Yeah, um, true. And as Chris said, you know they they work out cheaper. They're usually patched. Uh, most of the time they come with additional content in some kind mm. of collection. So it really is, it's the best time to play those games. Uh, but as far as gaming is concerned, I don't, I, I've never really had that experience personally. But generic media-wise, I was going through a pretty rough spot last year and I kind of just avoided Netflix for various right. reasons. Like I just didn't go on Netflix at all. Uh, but when I did go on Netflix at the beginning of this year, I had like six tv shows that i loved to catch up on all the content and it was all there yeah. and ready to go yeah that's great uh so yeah. i I, t- I totally get the uh the notion and i do think for people who i don't, I don't want to say people who are, are able to 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 use that form of consuming games but people who perhaps have to consume games in that fashion either for financial reasons or they don't have a console or they're being deployed to Poland for a year yeah. uh, with the armed forces. That there, there are, I suppose, silver linings when it comes to games when when you return or are able to play these games because they are cheaper and they are 
probably in the best form that they're going to take in terms of uh, stability and glitches and bugs and that sort of stuff. Yeah, and I guess depending on what the reason is for your hiatus, it doesn't work in every case. So, for example, getting sent off uh, to Poland with the army means you're probably not going to be able to play anything. But depending on your reasons, you might... If you, if you can't, for example, play your PS3, um, maybe you'll, like, switch over to PC for a bit or play some, like, sort of free or free-to-play games or, you know, do something like that on a different platform. And I guess it can open up um, some some doors for you or make you try things out that you wouldn't necessarily have tried. Because for me, I think the... Not only did I never get a PS3, but even though I had a 360, uh, there was a period of several years, really. Well, between between getting my 360 and playing it for two or three years and then getting my PS4 years later, I hardly played any console uh, stuff at all. Because I went off to uni and I didn't take my Xbox with me because I knew I wouldn't have a TV there that was mine. I didn't want to leave an Xbox 360 in like a communal area. So I didn't have a console uh, for all my years at uni. Um, and then after that, uh, yeah, it took me took me a little while before I bought a PS4. So in that time, I was playing stuff on PC, which I probably wouldn't have played otherwise. So I, I've talked before about how much I enjoyed Orcs Must Die, the... Uh, the third-person tower defense game. Really, really love that game. And uh, probably wouldn't have played that if I'd not been at uni just with a laptop. Um, and it, it is one of probably one of my most played games of all time. I put hours and hours into that back in the day. So mm-hmm. um, there's there's a silver lining if you can't you know play a certain console or platform. Maybe you're still able to do something else um, and explore a different library for a time. Yeah, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Right. But not, not just Chris. Not, in not just Chris. No. no. Uh, let's move on to the, uh, the discussion that comes at the end. Yeah, let me just grab my discussion prop. Okay, I'm ready. Already? Okay, it's yeah. time, everyone, for the big discussion. The big discussion. It's big discussion time. Welcome, everybody, to the big discussion. This big discussion comes to us courtesy of Henny Heron and John Bent, who asked a very similar question. Hey, my dudes. I hope you're doing well and you're ready for all the Merry Xmas coming our way. There are reports of a certain scene in Cyberpunk 2077 required to continue the story that causes seizures and players without epilepsy are finding the scene a bit too intense on the senses. How on earth is this okay? When does pushing the boundaries and being creative become actively malicious? Yeah, so uh, this is interesting. We've got a write-up here from PC Gamer. I had not heard about this until the podcast question came up, and it's baffled me. Um, Here we go, PC Gamer. Cyberpunk 2077 contains certain visuals and patterns that can cause problems for people with epilepsy. Game Informer's Liana Ruppert... It's got two Ps, so I don't know if it's Rupert with two Ps or Rupert, uh, has been playing and ended up uh, writing a Cyberpunk 2077 epileptic PSA about why she suffered one major seizure and felt several moments where I was close to another one, is the quote, during the game. Uh, One aspect of the game that seems to be a particular problem is the brain dance sequences, which are similar to the IPS tests used to diagnose epilepsy. This is what triggered Rupert's seizure. 
Um, the headset fits over both eyes and features a rapid onslaught of white and red blinking LEDs, much like the actual device neurologists use in real life to trigger a seizure when they need to trigger one for diagnosis purposes. If not modelled off the IRL design, it's a very spot-on coincidence. And because of that, this uh, this one aspect that I would personally advise you to avoid... Uh, this sorry yeah, because of that this is one aspect i would personally advise you to avoid altogether when you notice the headset come into play look away completely or close your eyes this is a pattern of lights designed to trigger an epileptic episode and it very much did that on my own personal playthrough wow um yeah. so i think we should come in here and say i'd like to think that Although PC Gamer's article says, you know, this pattern of lights very much resembles that which neurologists use to trigger a seizure, mm -hmm. I'm fairly sure that CD Projekt didn't include something with the intent to trigger seizures in players. Yeah. Um, however, that is kind of much of a muchness when you think about, like, are there not checks for things like this? Like... Obviously, there's there's censorship, but you know you have to run things through the uh, give give things age ratings for content. But I guess I never really thought about this before. Like you know, games, all games and consoles come with a a seizure warning either at, when you when you launch a game or in the manual or on the box or whatever. Um, and that makes sense just to kind of cover all bases because any kind of uh, flashing or patterns of lights, I guess uh, you know are worth just being cautious of if um if you suffer from epilepsy but i i just never thought about like do they do they check whether games and movies and things could theoretically tr trigger a seizure like is there not a board that's in charge of that I, I don't know it it's amazing that like something so similar to like the ips tests used for epilepsy diagnosis has made it into a video game, you know, coincidentally yeah. or not. Uh, it, it's incredible, really. Yeah, you usually get, especially on TV shows, you, you do usually get warnings mm. beforehand if there's going to be scenes in there uh, that could be problematic for people with epilepsy. Uh, I, I just, as you said, I just find it completely astonishing that this made it in. Yeah. You know, there's lots of games have flashing lights in them, uh, but... To to resemble that test so closely is it's it's just insane. Mm. Like I don't I don't know that there was as you said that there was any over, oversight here or you know uh, particularly with this mechanic being as central to the plot as brain dancing seems to be. I, I just don't understand how this kind of oversight could exist. You know yeah. how this how this couldn't have been checked. How there was no one working on that who either had epilepsy or knew someone with epilepsy or was aware of the risks of having such an intense flashing light. Mm. So, you know, dominate the screen like that. I, I find it incredible. Um, obviously, I hope they, they fix this as soon as possible. It might even have been fixed by the time that this podcast goes out yeah. on, uh, on Saturday. At the time of recording, it's Thursday, and I believe this news broke either a couple of days ago or yesterday, on when Tuesday or Wednesday. Because they have um, responded, haven't they, on Twitter? Don't you want to yes. read that out? I will, yeah. Cyberpunk Game has responded to the report from Liana, mm -hmm. from Game Informer. 
Thank you for bringing this up. We're working on adding a separate warning in the game, aside from the one that exists in the EULA, which is, you know, quite frankly, not good enough. No. Regarding a more permanent solution, uh, regarding a more permanent solution, Dev Team is currently exploring that and will be implementing it as soon as possible. So fingers crossed that gets sorted. Hmm. Good on them for acknowledging it and just and just cracking on. Um, yeah, ho- hopefully it's fixed. I don't know if you've seen what's happened to Liana Ruppert since she posted about this. Oh, it's not. It's not bad, is it? It's not. Oh, it's pe- really, really oh. bad. And in fact, I'm going to read her tweet from a few days later, actually, because I think we should honour what she's requested. Please stop sharing the part about people sending me videos. I imagine you can read between the lines there. That sucks. It's criminal. But now the entire conversation is about that and not on the whole reason I wrote the piece to help make the game safer. Uh, so we will, of course, attach the link to her post on Game Informer below, which is a huge... But rather than just sort of saying, I had an epileptic fit, what the hell? Mm. It's it's a proper breakdown of cyberpunk and how people can protect themselves while playing the game okay. to, be, to be totally safe and to avoid uh, inducing any kind of um, uh, seizures or anything like that. So... Well, it's admirable work to have done that, and uh, absolutely a shame that it even came, sort of came to that. Really, yeah, one hundred percent. People started being total asshats, which is just par for the course on the internet. And uh, as we talked about last week, cyberpunk has managed to amass a rather toxic following. And uh, in response, even in response to this this uh, sort of quote tweet from cyberpunk that I just read, people were saying the average gamer doesn't care about this. Why are you focusing on this and stuff like that? It's just where, what, who on earth raised you? That's um, what is wrong with you? That's the like COVID uh, attitude as well, isn't it? It's like, well, most people will probably be fine. It's only, it's quote only old people or people with certain health conditions who yeah, yeah are going to suffer from. Well, number one, that's not true because you know young people can get ill and die from it. But number two, mm. what? So it doesn't matter, does it, that old people can get COVID? Or that uh, that some gamers, your non-average gamer, could suffer an actual epileptic seizure uh, mm-hmm. playing this game. It doesn't matter because statistically, uh, it's not gonna it's not gonna affect most people, so it's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah, terrible. Obviously, what the what these people have done is absolutely terrible. And as Liana says, it actually criminal. There's a precedent for prosecution and tracking these people down. Good, uh, because this has happened previously to other people, which is objectively horrifying obviously yeah so please do uh heed her request there and do go and check out the actual article which was the whole point of this in the first place uh the the conversation has become dominated about uh you know but by the back the backlash for some reason against her for not even calling out cyberpunk just reporting on it and advising people on how to avoid the same thing happening to them. So if you if you do suffer from epilepsy or know someone who does, maybe point them in the direction of the Game Informer post. Uh, as I said, it will be linked in the link down below. So do go and give that a read and share it about if you think it would help people. Wow, that's that's madness. I mean, and that's even it's, it's an even worse response than I thought you were going to say. I thought you were just going to say people were sent just sending her abuse, like saying, mm. "Hey." Stop calling out this game. No one cares. But uh, okay, wow. Yeah, brilliant. The internet continues to be absolutely fantastic. That being said, Cyberpunk, despite being uh, fantastically glitchy, 
Sounds like it's a brilliant game, and I hope everyone who is hopping into it this weekend is really enjoying themselves. Mm. Just be safe in it. Yep. If if you think that this is going to affect you, then please just be safe. And I, I just strongly believe in the strongest possible sense that that is exactly what Liana was trying to do by posting that story, yeah. is trying to protect other people. Uh, but there we go. Some people don't want that, apparently. Uh, just uh, just be safe and enjoy enjoy your video game. It sounds like a really good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you going to be getting it straight away? I know we had a chat off air, but we might as well address it now because I'm sure people will be asking. What are your um, cyberpunk plans? Yeah, we we've sort of touched on it in the in the podcast, I think. But uh, probably, my, originally, I was going to get it straight away because I I do wonder whether it's a contender for game of the year for me. Certainly, it's highly anticipated. Mm. Um, I think based off the current reports of some glitches i like part of me just wants to wait and especially because i've just started valhalla as well which by all accounts is a huge game and just goes on and on and on in hopefully in a good way um so i kind of think am i even going to have time to play cyberpunk before the end of the year Mm. uh but yeah part of me does just want to at least give it a few hours maybe i'll i might do that i might uh b- at least before our january um podcast where we're going to talk about our games of the year try and put enough hours into it that i can judge whether or not i consider it to be one of the best games i've played in 2020 um even if i then have to put it aside carry on with assassin's creed and other stuff and then restart it later on in 2021 so right. that might be what i do but I, I i feel the need to play it before our uh january podcast where we do games of the year because it, it could be up there and it would be sh- it would be a shame not to mm-hmm. not to give it a a name drop if it is that good so i want to want to get it played but just so little time no, absolutely. That's the. Those are my thoughts as well. I've got a bit of a backlog currently with all the launch games and stuff like that that I'm I'm working through. Uh, and uh, as I said to you earlier, if Cyberpunk had released in its original slot at the beginning of the year, yeah, I I definitely would have gotten it then. Mm, but yeah, now, yeah. you know, a month removed from the from the next gen console launches, I I'm holding I'm holding strong at the moment. I'm staying strong, and I'm hoping that I can make it until they just release the native next-gen version rather than playing the upscaled version because I really don't think it's going to be that far away at this point. I know you get a free upgrade, but I would rather just wait. I can't justify buying it right now if I'm Mm. not going to play it. Uh, If I see something, you know, that makes me think, oh, actually, this this looks really, really good, then maybe I'll crumble and I'll get it. But my current plans are I am going to wait because I've waited this long. And the constant delays have have sort of ruined the mystique of this game beyond the fact that obviously a lot of people were treating it like the second coming, which Mm. no game is going to live up to that kind of hype. No. So eventually, eventually. But anyway, that was the big discussion. Don't be an an arse and uh, protect yourself and others if you think that this is is relevant to you. Mm. And hopefully that it's just fixed properly in game soon so it won't be an issue anymore it might be fixed now who knows right. yeah maybe who knows maybe. peter where can people find us we are team triple jump everywhere that you're looking um youtube.com and twitch.tv forward slash team triple jump is where we put our videos and live streams out 
uh, when we're streaming on both of those platforms, we are modded by Lord Rotovich, Mads Didactyl, and Trowling Badger. We've got social media, twitter.com and facebook.com, both forward slash team triple jump. Luke Eldon continues to look after Facebook. Thank you, Luke. You've been doing that a long time now. Uh, patreon.com forward slash team triple jump is the place to go for all sorts of rewards there's exclusive merch there there are there's the opportunity to ask questions on the podcast early worst games ever and other things too uh, we've got a discord which you can get to by going to bit.ly forward slash team triple jump that's modded by jack and joe who've also been doing that for a very long time thank you mods um, the podcast is available in audio form, if you're watching on YouTube right now, at play.acast.com forward slash s forward slash triple jump. There's no team in triple jump. Uh, the website is triplej.mup. That's tripleju.mp. Uh, and if you go to triplej.mup forward slash shop, that's where you can have a look at all our merch. And you can go to triplej.mup forward slash VODs to look at all of our live stream VODs that are uploaded to our live stream VODs YouTube channel. And also on that channel, Pat Fenn is uh, editing together some weekly highlights as well. So thank you, mm-hmm. Pat. They're very good. Absolutely. You can follow Peter on Instagram at that Peter Austin and on Twitter at that Peter Austin and myself just on Twitter at confused underscore dude. Lists are going out every Tuesday and Thursday streams every Monday, Thursday, Friday and Sunday, Monday, Friday, Sunday being the solo streams on Twitch, Thursday being the joint stream plays it on YouTube. Worst Games Ever is fortnightly Friday for patrons, Sunday for everyone else. This is a Worst Games Ever week. So look out for that. The podcast is every Saturday and we do shows every other week and so on and so forth. Little bits and pieces here and there. Leave a review on iTunes or your platform of choice. It helps something to do with Al Gore's rhythms. This week, Peter, Mm. is Worst Games Ever. Yes, it is. Went out on Friday for patrons. Goes out on Sunday for everyone else. It's the Christmas episode. It is the Christmas episode, yeah. Because uh, the way it falls, the, the... the next episode would go out on Christmas Day, but only for patrons. And then for everyone else, it would go out on the 27th. So we thought, we'll do Christmas now. Mm-hmm. And then you know people can watch it in the run-up to Christmas or save it for Christmas Day if they want to or whatever. Yeah. And then uh, the one after that will still happen, even though we'll be off for Christmas. Um, we'll, be, we'll still be scheduling that um, for the 25th for patrons and 27th for everyone else. But that won't be Christmas themed. Look forward to that. We've just recorded that one too. So there's a couple on the way. Yeah. It's a sleepover stream next week. Again, obviously, we're pulling that forward slightly because we're going to be away over Christmas and New Year. So make sure you come along to that. It will be, will it be the final joint stream of the year? Let's look at the calendar. Blaze it. Looking at it. Uh, Yes, it will. So next Thursday will be the final uh, joint stream of 2020. And it will also be a sleepover stream from 6 until 8. We'll be playing Little Hope, I assume, if there's any Little Hope left to play. What a way uh, to go out. Oh, I know. What a, what a way to go, bro. Yeah. So uh, make sure you come along and say hello and uh, revel in the Christmas cheer of hmm. Halloween games. We can have Christmas bedtime stories, can't we? Oh, yeah, we can, Christmas actually. swear words. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> So, yes, do come along. Uh, the Christmas podcast is next week, so patrons... Get your questions in when the post goes live on Tuesday and uh, you can ask Christmas-related questions. You can you can go for it. Do it. Mm. We'll talk about Christmassy things, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, the following week, 
We will actually be doing another podcast, but due to the nature of annual leave and people being away and so on, it will be a guest podcast. Mm. So I'll have various people on the podcast and doing the different sections and stuff. So there will be an additional podcast post going out in the next couple of weeks. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. We'll we'll need some extra questions from you for that. I'm and buggering finally, off early. I'm heading yeah. off. Well, you've got to you've got to drive driving home for Christmas, haven't you? I have, yeah. In a safe and distant way, we are bubbling legally and appropriately, and uh, good. Going to have a nice, cozy one house. Well, two households within one house. Christmas, yes. yeah, as the law allows. Hmm. And that's great. Finally, we'd like to thank uh, a, a longtime supporter of ours, Tori, who who very kindly sent us some delightful Christmas gifts. Yes, of course. Yeah, thank you very much, Tori. They were very nice. Mm. Well, they are. I've not. We've not eaten them all yet. But not uh, all of them. Some never, of them, though. <laughs> some of them, though. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much, Tori, and uh, to everyone who listened today. Thank you mm. for coming along and listening. Really appreciate all of you. Yeah. Just enough time for the sponsor once again before we go. Yep. If anyone knows what this means, then hopefully you can, you know, help us out. Uh, yeah. It is bug waps. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sexy on, bugs. Just... That's it. You're going to look now. Waps. Oh, oh, God, no. Oh, what is it? Jesus. Is it bad? Oh. oh, no, let's just, oh, cut, cut there. Oh, oh, okay. God. Bye, everyone. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 